Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Anything can get you killed in prison. Size, strength means nothing. Everybody knows it. Four inches of steel, 35 pounds of pressure, bang, you're done. You see this guy, uh, gets stabbed in the back. He's walking around the upper yard, uh, 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 reaching for this knife, coughing up blood, reaching for this, uh, and everybody started laughing. What a fucked up place. Well, that from the film Inmate Number One, The Rise of Danny Trejo. And you might have recognized that voice right away. Very recognizable voice, an incredibly recognizable face. But a really fascinating story behind this figure. And as mentioned, it's the subject of this film, Inmate Number One, The Rise of Danny Trejo, at its world premiere Saturday as part of the Calgary International Film Festival. Encore presentation tonight, 9 o'clock at the Globe Cinema. Joining us in studio to talk more about this project is producer Adam Scorge. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And congrats on this. Uh, There's there's a lot of buzz around this because he's such a fascinating guy, such a fascinating story. Tell us a bit more about how this project all came together. Uh, Danny's story is one that uh, director Brett Harvey and I, who worked on Ice Guardians together in the Culture High, um, we had to do once we'd heard about it. We I was working on another movie with a producing partner of mine named Rocky Medalli, our, um, uh, a sci-fi thriller called Juarez 2045. And we were working with Danny, and, and Rocky's like, Adam, we should do a doc on Danny. And I, I only knew him as the actor at that point. I'm like, okay, well, like he's a recognizable actor, but I don't know if that's enough for a, a doc, right? And then once we looked into Danny's story and you start hearing his stories about how he survived prison and he was, you know, doing heroin and armed robberies at the age of 12 and 13, oh, yeah. and but turned his life around to be this inspiration of people and helping people that are in recovery was something that once once we met him, we're like, we have to make this story. Right, because there, there's so many people that you know aren't around to to have that story right and and in so many respects as you mentioned that that danny's life could have taken a much different turn way different and he hearkens it all to so in 1968 he was in soledad prison and he was facing two gas chamber sentences because he was involved in a prison riot and he'd thrown a rock and he did a prison guard in the head and he prayed to God and said, when he was in solitary confinement, said, God, if you exist, just let me die with dignity. And I promise I will turn my life around and I'll start giving back to my fellow man. Well, he got off. The prison guard said, I don't know which one of the three gentlemen threw the rock. So he took that as a sign and in prison became a drug counselor, got himself off of heroin and started to constantly give back. And he believes that everything good that's happened to him is a direct result of him helping others and not expecting anything in return. So it's this amazing message of hope and redemption and being able to turn your life around. And Danny says the movies are a blessing Mm -hmm. in the fact that now when he tries to help young youth offenders or people in recovery, said the two hardest things to get to youth is one, to get their attention. It's tough time now more than ever. Social media and everything's tough. He's like, but when I walk in the room because of my movies, I have their attention immediately. Then the second thing that's really tough is to get people's respect. But he's like, having spent 10 years in federal penitentiaries, I have their respect. And he's like, so I'm able to make a bigger impact than I could have ever imagined. Um, And it all came from him starting to give back and not asking for anything in return. Right. And he's had a couple of big milestones. He just turned 75 recently. And I think he marked, it's 50 years of sobriety, I believe. 51. 51 now. That's incredible. 
Yeah, he um, he was very infamous in the NA and, and uh, AA community for years before he got into acting. Mm-hmm. And again, it was him helping an individual that got him into the movies. He got a call at midnight. He was watching Johnny Carson in bed, ready for bed. <laughs> I wouldn't have answered this call. <laughs> but he gets a call and they said, look, there's all these drugs and I need help. And I think I'm going to slip. So he said, hold on, hold on, I'll be there right away. And he drove. And that ended up being the set of Runaway Train that he ended up. That's where he started his movie career. Right. You, you've described him as one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He has such this <laughs> this tough persona that you see in, in so many of his films, but he's, he's a much different guy, right? Way different. <laughs> and I know you hear that all the time, but he truly is. And the best way I describe it is that many of the people we interviewed said because he lost so much of his childhood being in and out of juvenile detention centers and, and federal penitentiaries that he's like a big child now. So when you're hanging around him, he's always joking and doesn't take himself seriously. And he, like, again, when director Brett Harvey and I met him and sat down with him, whenever you're going to do a documentary, you want to make sure, because it's a long process, that who you're going to work on is someone you want to work with for a long time. Yeah. And after you hang out with Danny and he's constantly making everybody laugh and makes you feel comfortable, <laughs> you're like, like we, we just said we have to find a way to be able to tell this story. But it's true. I mean, I've seen him in so many movies, but you, you do see glimpses of that. I mean, he had the, the role in the Spy Kids movies where he, he can transform instantly into that the, just that big teddy bear. Right? And we, we, we talk about that in the movie when we interviewed uh, Robert Rodriguez. Like, of course, a lot of big names stepped up to interview it because they love Danny. So, yeah. like, of course, Michelle Rodriguez is in it, Cheech Marin, Donald Logue. Robert Rodriguez, but Robert said that. He's like, after I worked with Danny and you get to know him, he's got so many more facets than the bad guy that he typically plays. (laughs) So he's like, I wanted to show that. And he's like, that's why Robert put him in Spy Kids. And, you know, his family said it was weird when, you know, these people would start coming up, kids would start going up and like, Uncle Machete, (laughs) right? Like, and and their parents were like, how do you know this scary looking guy, right? But yeah. But it, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, on his IMDb, uh, IMDb page, he's listed as having 387 film credits like that that's an insane amount like insane that. he I, I think this year alone if you're looking on there i think he has like 20 films yeah, that he's pre-production doing announced pre- yeah oh yeah there's dozens he is the <laughs> hardest working 75 year old that's why we really wanted to get him here for sif and he would wanted to come he has another movie he has another movie that he's in that's premiering here too the premiere to tribeca but he's doing comic-con in the ukraine right now so I, I've never seen a 75. Like, I hope I have just half the energy he has at his age and the willingness to go out there and work and, and, and hustle like he does. But he wants to, when he wants to put on that scowl, I mean, he just he seems so physically imposing. Right. And, and you're in that clip where, you know, maybe in, in San Quentin, there, there are limits to, to how much that that matters. But uh, he, he definitely can convey that. Well, and he had a lot of, he actually trained for that. And that started, um, so his uncle Gilbert was a really well-known, like, bat, um, gangster mm-hmm. in Pacoima. And he used to teach him how to do armed robberies when he was 12 and 13 years old with an arm, with a shot-off shotgun. The whole idea was to be as intimidating and scary as you can so that no violence or shots have, to, like, not, nothing has to be done. You point the gun, you scare people so bad that they're like, so Danny trained for that. And then when he went to prison, he said it was like getting ready for prison. He, he was involved in several prison riots. He said when you're staring about to have, a, like, a race war in prison, you want to be the most intimidating guy ever. That the guy that's staring you down is like, uh, if I have to fight, I'll fight the guy next to him, right? This guy looks like he's going to eat me, so I'm going to go to this guy. So Danny had to unlearn all that when he got out because he said 
everything he'd been trained was intimidating and he actually learned how to diffuse himself. So now when you're around him, you'll see he kills it with his positive energy. He's always like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Like, and he exhausts himself because he really tries to diffuse that and allow you to come in. How did he feel about, you know, being so open about his, his life story and telling this on, on screen? He was really easy about it, actually. Probably one of the easiest we've worked with. Um, I think it comes when, when you're really comfortable and don't have skeletons in your closet. Like, everything's out about him, right? The, mm-hmm. the violence when he was younger, the drugs, um, you know, the divorces, like, all that stuff that he just... For him, it was never like, oh, I can't go down that path or I can't... Like, he just would go and go and go. I think just being when you're really comfortable in who you are, that stuff, and you're ready to share it this time, it just it was easy for him. He didn't seem to have any roadblocks there. Yeah, and as you alluded to, there there were a whole a long list of people more than happy to be a part of this and come and share their own stories of working with them. The difficult part was is that a lot of people that would have been great, like Danny's old, and a lot of his like they lived rough lives. So a lot of the people he like went to prison with that had got out had since passed, or some of them died in prison. One of the key guys we really would have loved to have interviewed was Eddie Bunker, right? Who was the writer of Heat, and Eddie used to actually sell robberies to his to Danny's uncle Gilbert. Um, so there's a lot of connections, and the two of them became best friends. And Eddie was Danny's guide to how to be successful in the film industry. So he's one that was really sad that we. You know, he passed in 2005. We didn't get a chance to interview him, but he's heavily talked about in the documentary. And tell me about the uh, the hat and the shirt. So Danny <laughs> is now a restaurateur as well. Yeah. When you go to California uh, and you have Pinky's Hot Dogs and you go to your In-N-Out, Treo's Tacos and Treo's Coffee and Donuts is like a big <laughs> fixture for people to go. So we've been wearing, I've been wearing his, his obviously his hat and his shirt while I've been here. Uh, yeah, that's another thing to add to Danny's <laughs> list of credits. Yeah, it's it's quite a legend. So you had the it was the world premiere here in Calgary, which is pretty cool. But you got the U.S. premiere coming up, and there's a proximity to a big part of the story, right? Yeah. So we we had a sold out house in uh, on, on the other night here for SIF, which is great. I've done several films here, and then we're doing the U.S. and international premiere at the Mill Valley Film Festival, which is just 15 minute drive from San Quentin. So actually, while Danny, he's coming to that one, and he's actually going to go speak for a whole bunch of young youth offenders because this is his thing of constantly giving back. And his nephew Gilbert went through this where his, his nephew Gilbert was in jail for 38 years and just got out two years ago. So Danny's going to be speaking to some kids that were under the age of 18 that were involved in violent crimes but will be getting out within a decade or two decades uh, to introduce the film and let them know that his nephew's been through this, that he's been through this, that you know people do deserve a second chance and they're not who they always were when they were younger. Again, it's Danny's way of always giving back. He's only in town for the day, not even the night, but he's going to go speak at San Quentin. He's going to take a little nap and then he's going to and then he's going to premiere the film and do the Q and A and he's going to fly home that night because he has to be on a movie set for Monday. All right. Well, as mentioned, there's a chance for people to see this tonight, 9 o'clock at the Globe Cinema. What, what are the plans down the road then for some, some wider release for this? So we are in negotiations now with the major studio. I can't announce it yet because you don't want to jinx it till it's done. Yeah. But this would be the <laughs> first time, certainly in my team's career, that we've ever landed, like to be able to even just say we're negotiating a studio deal. But it will get a complete wide release. It'll get a limited yeah. theatrical release and then it'll be available on platforms all the various kinds and, and TV, but then here in Canada, it will be available on Super Channel in November. Yeah, well, it's such a compelling guy, such an amazing story. The, the appeal's obvious. Uh, it's called Inmate Number 1, The Rise of Danny Trejo. Again, 9 o'clock tonight at the Globe Cinema, more calgaryfilm.com. Uh, Adam, congrats on this, and uh, again, thanks so much for coming in here today. Appreciate this. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, that is filmmaker Adam Scorgi, producer of Inmate Number 1, The Rise of Danny Trejo. My name is Rob Breckenridge. This is Afternoons on 770 CHQR.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.